KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. News breaking that Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is set to retire, and that means all eyes will once again be turning to the Supreme Court. We want to talk about Breyer's decision, his career, his legacy, and also about who could replace him. So we caught up with Dr. Lisa Tucker. She is an associate professor of law at Drexel University's Thomas R. Klein School of Law. So word coming down about uh, the impending retirement of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. I mean, he was 83, so I don't know how much you can say surprised by this, but were you expecting, was the timing of this surprising at all? Was it, uh, did you, were you caught off guard? Just kind of, what are your thoughts on that front? Well, you know, if you're a law professor and particularly if you're somebody who follows the Supreme Court, this is sort of like our Super Bowl, right? Football fans, my husband, everybody's really into the Super Bowl. I'm always watching to see, you know, what's happening at the Supreme Court. And of course, we've known that Justice Breyer couldn't be on the court that much longer. Um, But there's been a lot of speculation about what he would do and when he would decide to step down with the hope that he would decide to step down at some point because he watched what happened with his good friend, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where she thought she could make it to a Biden administration and in fact did not. Um, Justice Breyer, I don't know if you know, um, is known for being very clumsy. Um, He has had very serious uh, falls off his bike several times, resulting in him being in the hospital. Um, So, you know, goodness only knows what's going to happen with Justice Breyer. So we've all been watching for it. Um, But what makes this unusual is that usually justices will announce their decisions to retire at the end of the Supreme Court term, which is around the end of June. Um, Typically, what we'll see is um, the last decisions will be handed down. And then maybe that day, maybe the next day, we will see that um, the justice will make a formal announcement. Um, It's unusual to do it this early in the term. And probably the reason for that is because of the midterm elections in November, with Breyer wanting to ensure that Biden could nominate and get through the confirmation process, his nominee, before the midterm election and potentially losing the Senate. I remember an interview, I think it was with NPR last year with with Stephen Breyer. I'm not positive about that, but he seemed, I don't want to say, uh, defiant about the idea of retiring, but reading the tea leaves, you did not get the idea that to your point, kind of looking at the lay of the land and thinking, all right, you know, reading the language. Do you think something's changed in the last couple of months or do you think he was just putting up a front then and this was kind of always the plan? Well, the justices never say hey, look, I think in a year or two, I will retire. I can't think of a time in the 25 years I've been following the court that a justice has ever showed their hand that way. Um, You know, certainly we don't know if there might be a a medical or family reason. Um, And one of the criticisms of the court is that the court is very not transparent, very opaque when it comes to knowing anything about what's happening in the lives of the justices. Um, So, you know, I guess that's one possibility. I think another possibility is that in the last few weeks, we have seen some cases about which uh, Justice Breyer would care a lot, either decided or be in the pipeline to be decided. And you could see him being concerned about being involved in that. 
Um, and I guess the last thing is that the sort of lead potential nominee, the lead candidate that everyone has their eye on for the court is a woman named Katanji Brown Jackson. And I should disclose that she's a longtime and very close friend of mine. Um, but she was a Breyer clerk. She clerked for him on the Supreme Court in the late 90s. And so there is probably some appeal to him of seeing his protege then come and take his seat as Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh did with uh, Justice Kennedy. Before we talk about potential uh, replacements, uh, Stephen Breyer appointed by Bill Clinton, correct, yes. in 1994, mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm yeah. correct. What did he bring to the court? If we're starting to put together the legacy the, the, of Stephen Breyer, what would you put on, on the, the headlines? Yeah. So I think there are two ways to look at your question. First are, what were his big issues? What cases was he really involved in and what did he really stand for? And the second is, what did he bring to the court as, um, as a judge, as a justice? How did he look at judging as his job? And so I think I'll start with the second one in terms of looking at judging, how his approach to being a justice um, Justice Breyer is one of the most intellectually curious and engaged justices that we see very, very transparently on the court. And he really loves to think about problems and think about practical application to problems. Uh, he's called a pragmatist. He's really very pragmatic, which is somewhat unusual for Supreme Court justices these days. He doesn't just think about sort of the abstract law. He thinks about what's going to happen if we do this. He's also very much a character on the bench. Um, I've attended many Supreme Court arguments, and I often take a friend or, for example, I took my stepdaughter for the first time a couple of years ago. And watching Justice Breyer on the bench is really fun. He's very actively engaged. He's putting his hand on his head and, and, and visibly thinking. He's chatting with the justice next to him and, you know, they're talking. Um, so um, Justice Breyer as a justice, I think, will really be missed because he's just he's very positive. He's very optimistic. He's very analytical. He really cares about what the law is going to do in society. And so to your point a moment ago about him saying, I'm not ready to retire, he loves what he does. Absolutely loves loves it. And whoever wants to leave what they love, right? Um, in terms of what he'll be remembered for, I think he's going to be remembered for being just a giant in so many areas of the law that really, really apply to, uh, that we really care about in terms of social justice. So, you know, was on the court when the big gun cases were decided, was on the court when a bunch of really big, important First Amendment cases were decided, when a couple of big abortion cases were decided. Uh, so um, criminal law and criminal law, interestingly, he tends to be a little more conservative than on some of the other issues. Last year, he wrote the majority opinion in a case um, involving right from right here in Pennsylvania, involving school speech that really changed the landscape of the rights that students have to speak in public schools. And so really having his pulse on all of the political issues that have really faced our country over the last 30 years and being involved in the decision-making on those. And I think that's so important to note that over 28 years on the court, the court has changed 
almost entirely. I'm sitting here and thinking, yeah, uh, Clarence Thomas would have been the only person before Breyer on the court. And so he has seen the court almost entirely turn over, worked with an entirely new set of people in reaching the court's decisions and seen the court go from a more moderate court to a quite conservative court and yet continued loving what he did. Um, so um, I think that he will really be missed for those of us who just enjoy court watching and really thinking hard because he really challenges people to think outside the box. Now, as far as potential replacements, you mentioned Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. Who are some other names you expect to be uh, talked about or are being talked about right now? Uh, Joe Biden said campaigning for the White House that he would uh, nominate a black woman. We have not had a black woman on the Supreme Court. I see right. no reason why he would deviate from that thought process. So who would you who are there other names you're hearing or you think will be on that short list? Yeah. So and to, and to to back up what you were just saying uh, earlier today, his press secretary did confirm that he is still committed to nominating a black woman. So um, it would be a very huge surprise. I mean, she said. Yes, I've said it. He said it. I've said it a whole bunch of times. Yes, that's what he said he's going to do. Um, really, there really are only two real names out there. The first one is Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, Judge Jackson and I went to law school together. Um, she is absolutely brilliant and has sort of done every step in her career that you know, if you were to put together the model resume of a Supreme Court justice, she has it. She went to Harvard undergrad. She went to Harvard Law School. She clerked for three federal judges, including at the Supreme Court. She was on the Sentencing Commission. She was at the District Court. Now she's on the Federal Court of Appeals. She's kind of done it all. She's also young. She's 51. And when we're looking at Supreme Court justices, that's something we really care about in making an appointment. And I think probably most importantly of all with Judge Jackson, Jackson is that she was just confirmed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals about six months ago. It was at the end of June, I want to say. And so she went through that confirmation process very easily, even got some Republican votes, even when her name was already out there as a very, very likely nominee to the Supreme Court. And with the understanding that this was likely a step in that direction um, on that staircase. And so I would think that given the problems that there have been with getting nominees through the Senate, um, not for President Trump, but certainly for Obama before him, um, one of President Biden's top considerations would have to be the ease of getting somebody through and the fact that, you know, it would be kind of hard not to confirm her now when they just confirmed her a few months ago. The other name that's out there is a woman named Leandra Kruger. She's on the Supreme Court of California. And Justice Kruger is even a little bit younger. She's 46, I want to say, which would be unbelievably young for a Supreme Court justice. But she also has had just an absolutely stellar career. Um, clerked at the Supreme Court, was in the Solicitor General's office, which is the very highest legal office you can work in in the country, then went to California and has been on their Supreme Court and is very highly respected in terms of her intellect and her demeanor and her judicial temperament. Certainly there are other names in the mix, but to the extent that it wasn't Judge Jackson or Justice Kruger, 
I think that it would be an enormous shock. Uh, the other thing to know about Ju uh, Judge Jackson was that Obama did interview her when he nominated Merrick Garland. Um, so she was one of the last two or three people there. So certainly Joe Biden has known her and been aware of her for a long time. So most people's bets are on Judge Jackson, probably, you know, close runner up Justice Kruger. And beyond that, you know, you'll see everyone's jaw drop if, if it's something different. You talk about the importance of being able to confirm and obviously both these nominees, I I don't think there's any question about their qualifications. Sure. Unfortunately, Supreme Court confirmations have become ground zero for political yes. wars the last sure. uh, several. The idea that this would not shift the balance of power on the court. Right. Uh, do you expect that to play in to, for lack of a better term, the ease they can get a qualified nominee you might not have the game playing as much now democrats control the senate and the rule now is it only takes you know 51 which could be 50 plus the vice president votes right but uh you would not expect republicans to go to the wall like they would had this been a replacement for ruth bader ginsburg you know prior uh where it really would have had much more effect on the the the, the lean of the court Right. So I don't see how the Republicans cannot kick up a fuss. I think that they have put themselves in a position where they absolutely have to, that they're willing to die on this hill. Um, I think that the other thing is you're absolutely right. There are 51 um, votes right now. Um, it takes one person dying. It takes one person being incapacitated or having to retire because of a scandal or something like that, where this could all shift. So that tells me that, you know, again, Justice Breyer was thinking pragmatically. He is the pragmatist. Um, at the same time, both of these women are unassailable. They are they have no blemish on their record. There are no skeletons in any closet. And so I can't see them having a lot of gravitas to them. It will more be about process. Um, and there isn't even much process to hang your hat on. So I think as long as the Senate stays like it is, that the nominee will get through, I don't think it will be without a lot of hooping and hollering about um, you know, uh, the Supreme Court and 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 politics in general. But I don't think it will necessarily attach to the nominee. We don't have timelines yet as we're talking. I mean, this just broke uh, earlier in the day. And apparently uh, it, it wasn't supposed to break today. Um, I just heard the news that apparently Breyer is very surprised that it broke today, that he thought it was going to be tomorrow. Welcome to the news cycle. Exactly, right? <laughs> Um, it seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah. I've only kind of, I don't want to say come of age, but really paid close attention in the last few years to the, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court timeline. And obviously it's gotten quicker and quicker and quicker with Amy Coney Barrett kind of being the land speed record to get, yeah. get her in under the, the election. Do you expect uh, the timeline here to be pretty condensed? Maybe not quite that tight, but not maybe the 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 drawn out we had seen you know in years past where you know might be a five six month start to stop start to end 
Uh, do you think we'll see something relatively quick moving here? No. Uh, I think, first of all, that, I mean, I think Coney Barrett was announced like a day or two after Ginsburg died. Like it was so fast that it was offensive. Um, and so I think the first thing is that Joe Biden will want very much to pay respect to Justice Breyer and his legacy and give him his moments of, you know, people talking about him for a little while. So I would I would guess that it'll be a couple of weeks before a nominee is announced, even if the nominee is already decided on or pretty close to, to being decided on. So that would be first. Second of all, um, you know, the Senate confirmation process, they have to set it all up but we haven't seen Breyer's official announcement yet. And it would be extremely unusual for Breyer to say, I'm retiring tomorrow. More likely what we're going to see is Breyer saying, I'm announcing it now, but I'm going to retire at the end of June, which would mean that we really can't confirm a new justice until Justice Breyer is no longer a justice, right? I mean, we can, there's nothing in this, in the constitution that says there have to be nine justices, but you know, what's much more likely to happen is that um, very quickly after he actually retires, they'll have it all in place. There'll be a confirmation hearing. Um, the new justice will be confirmed and be ready to be in her seat for the first Monday of October, which is the first day of the new term. And that would still be well before the midterms. I think they will have all of the machinery set up, right? Every little bit of the process and the dates and everything will be set up. Um, but that it wouldn't actually happen until late June. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>